0: Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Speak the Language podcast. As y'all know, we love to bring in guests for this show that come from all different types of life, people that are interesting, people that y'all know, people that y'all will enjoy hearing from. So this week, we brought in our friend Hunter Renfro, who's a fellow Mississippian, and also plays baseball for the san diego padres hunter is a great guy he loves to hunt so it made for a great conversation that i think y'all enjoy and lastly i really hope you're enjoying this podcast we have a lot of fun making it and putting it together and y'all support and feedback means everything to us so really if you have a topic you want us to cover if you have a question you want us to answer send us a facebook message send us an instagram message and if you want to do us a big big favor head on over to our page on itunes give us a rating write us a review it really does help enjoy the show and we're rolling. So today we're here with Mr. Hunter Renfro, and then Jordan's always here. He's not un- paying attention right now. He's on his phone. It's unprofessional, Jordan.
1: Got a Snapchat. To who? I s- got one. Oh,
0: all right. Well, Hunter took time out of his busy day to come in here, and you're over there Snapchatting.
1: I wasn't, I was just receiving.
0: <laughs> so, Hunter, man, look, first, uh, Thanks for ta- taking the time to come over here. Um, kind of like, I like I don't want to give your own personal background for you while you're sitting right here. So kind of tell everybody who you are, what you do, you know, a little bit about
2: yourself, that uh, kind of thing. Yeah, I'm a Mississippi boy, born and raised uh, from near south of Jackson, Crystal Springs. I mm-hmm. uh, went to Mississippi State. Uh, went to the College World Series. You know, we lost UCLA. I drafted in the first round by the San Diego Padres, and um, in 2013, and been with them ever since. Yeah, just casually.
1: Hey, has it been that long? <laughs> yeah. Wow. A <laughs> uh,
0: <I didn't> <laughs> long time. Man, well, it, it it made me when we figured out you know time to get you on here, like yeah. it it made me feel kind of old because I was like I didn't realize how long ago that was. I, was. I told I was at Mississippi State when you were playing there. That you all went to the College World Series.
2: How that's been. It was 2013 that's uh six years ago yeah
0: that was a good year
2: Yeah, it was <laughs> we had a great time
0: <laughs> yeah did you uh how much like did you ever like hunt a refuge all while you were up there
2: uh, almost every day yeah
0: that's what i mean it's kind of i think every male that attended mississippi state university hunted that oh, yeah. refuge well, what is this place <laughs> what i'm not gonna say it i mean i'm not gonna like spoon feed it you know it just kind of
2: but oh yeah we we made many trips up there especially during turkey season yeah and uh we got a little hunting camp up there we would usually get into but we went up there all the time and i uh, did a lot of bow fishing during baseball season after school would into we still had baseball practice and stuff going on so we usually go up there and bow fish at the at the lake and stuff really yeah yeah huh
0: that's pretty cool. And I never got into any. I, st- I never, bow fishing is like one of those fads I never really got into. I don't, I mean. You need to try it. It seems, I mean, I'm sure it's fun. Oh I just gosh. never.
2: I'm sure right there on Cottonmouth you had the little lakes and stuff. Oh, look. When that water was dropping. Oh. We oh I went to a
1: cast net a couple weeks ago. We were over there and caught like 300 gar. Yeah. We, <laughs> we,
0: I'm not lying. When We were over there planting and stuff and, and Jimmy was gator hunting and all that. Michigan, There was like over by those, uh mind gonna blank. I don't know. Whatever. But you like, blues. Yes, there it is. That'll work. But I'm sure you could you, you there were gar everywhere. Oh, yeah. probably, I, you you could, could sit there and have days worth of fun, I'm sure, shooting at them. I think you could close your eyes
2: and fire yeah. an arrow and probably hit one. That'd probably be yeah.
0: So did you like grow
2: up hunting? Oh yeah, like from the get go. Yeah, like I remember my earliest memories. My dad, you know, me being with my dad in a stand, and and me be being freezing to death, and he had a little dip can, and he would put some like a little tinder bundle in there, and he'd light the fire, and I'd be warming my hands <laughs> up and stuff like that in deer stand. But uh, you know, and he used to take me to deer camp when he was, you know, obviously younger and then i was a little bitty baby he'd just throw me in the back of the truck while he was you know <laughs> cutting fields or whatever but uh you know that's that's i'm <clears throat> from uh, probably a true-blooded redneck deer camp you know little trailers in, in uh yeah. in, in a, a hunt lease down south and and uh that's what we grew up doing and uh if it was brown it was down back then you know if yeah it, if, it, if it didn't have spots you know it wasn't worth anything so <laughs> yeah. you know we were uh we were shooting for meat not necessarily for uh sport i pine, think pine row hunt oh absolutely yeah. that's exactly the kind of environment i grew. Up up in
0: yeah i can still remember like in my my grandparents house granddaddy and his other buddies they'd pull up it'd be a circle of pickups in yep. the front yard and they'd stand out there and they'd talk who's running the dogs today and so and so was running their dogs this way and i got you know we got two does this morning it was you know <laughs> if it killed if it, back then if you killed a buck it was a i killed a 14 inch eight point absolutely yeah, it was all it was a giant, <laughs> giant 14 inches it was all, everyone came, went by the inside spread Yep, that was it i remember the first time i heard someone say like 130 inches i didn't even know what they were talking about absolutely not they were like 100 i was like 100 Who? The, how big is that like you talking about the weight like what do you mean how wide was it <laughs> how wide is this deer <laughs> <laughs> so tell this is always a fun story for, for anybody like like first deer like first deer you ever killed
2: like what and like what comes to your mind uh we uh it was and my dad we were hunting, we actually borrowed a seven millimeter weight rifle and we went to uh one of our good friends uh had a big huge field mm-hmm. and it was just for pasture land for cows and stuff and he had a little corner uh fenced off and he had made a food plot right there and uh and he usually had a bunch of deer coming in there or whatever and, and a bunch of deer, you know, in those pine row plantations is, you know, three or four. If you had three or four deer coming in there it was a good hunt yeah. right yeah and uh you know we had it sitting there and and all of a sudden a, a little a button head buck you know walked out about 40 or 50 yards out there and and dad put the gun up there and i was seven years old yeah and uh he put the gun up there and i got on it and and uh i, I pulled the trigger and it fell right there and it was <laughs> i've been hooked ever since and uh and, and so and it's just been uh downhill for there for me as far as like money wise toward hunting <laughs>
1: yeah it's definitely a money spender well, ain't for sure. no doubt yeah
0: I think everyone, like, uh, especially down here, everyone I talk to down here, like, when you ask someone, like, the first deer, first time you kill a deer, like, they can paint that picture pretty much like it happened yesterday. Absolutely. It just gets, like, burned into your head. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could do it, Jordan, if you had to.
1: Oh, yeah. I was just thinking about it while he was telling that story. Well, tell <laughs> uh, it. Honestly, I was 13, been trying to kill a deer for about <coughs> five years. I was really, really bad at it. Must have been. Oh, I went up to this little camp perry you know perry his oh uh, yeah, i they got perry. some family land and oh uh, i got to sit on a stand by myself that afternoon without my dad so
0: well you were sitting with bo no i was by myself but before then you were sitting with i've been hunting with bo well that's why you weren't killing exactly anything. i didn't want to say that if you'd ever met jordan's dad you'd understand <laughs> He's <a laughs> and he but, listens to this podcast so he's gonna get <laughs> oh
1: yeah he claims he taught me everything I know, but whatever. <laughs> Anyways, I was sitting there, and uh, right before dark, here come this little buck coming up this lane. I didn't know what to do. He's coming right at me, so I shot him right in the throat. <laughs> <laughs> Fell over, and I, just, I was just up there hooping and hollering, and had a good old time.
0: Yeah, I think the first deer I ever killed, like I can remember, like in the in the hunter safety class like when i had to take it when i was younger they had like these little diagrams of deer like good shot marginal <laughs> shot don't take this shot and there was like a deer facing dead away and it was like terrible shot it had a little mark yeah, on like X over. One, like yep. don't t- don't take this shot first deer i ever shot uh me and my brother actually killed our first deer on the same day like a pile of does and some <laughs> young ones came out so biggest doe dad like kind of gets the gun and brett drops his doe and all of them kind of scatter There was one little button head like running around in circles and Dad, you know, man, man, and stops him. And I looked through the scope, and I remember all I could see was him facing dead <laughs> away from me. And I think it was that class that don't, you know, don't shoot. this tin but, ring. Oh, I did <laughs> I put it center. Woo! But then, so I mean, I was young, young. I didn't. Yeah. Uh, my dad had a real good time cleaning that deer because it, you know, <laughs> I mean, it killed him. I mean, dropped him right there. But it went all up through the guts yeah. and stuff, you know. But what about uh? How'd you get how'd you transition into bow hunting?
2: Uh, it was something I was always interested in, obviously growing up and you and, and, uh, know I think I was started really getting interested it when I was probably eleven or twelve and that's kinda of what started when uh, all the videos and stuff started coming up on like direct TV and, yeah. and, and the outdoor channel yeah. and, and that kind of deal. And I started watching it and I always was very interested in, in uh, shooting bows and arrows. I went from, from a young age, having the little, you know, brave bow. They used to, you know, yeah. buy yeah. like Bass Pro Shop and stuff and the recurve. And yeah. and, and I always loved going outside and just shooting that at birds and whatever. But, uh, and I just started getting interested in it. Then watching TV on outdoor channel and, uh, thinking it would be fun. And, and so I got my very first bow and, and I got, you know, pretty, pretty adequate with it feeding the target and stuff so i was like you know what i'm gonna go hunt mm-hmm. and yeah. uh, so i got it and it was probably a little i think it was a little hoyt uh shot maybe 40 or 50 pounds and right. and it literally took me uh three years to finally kill my first deer with the bow and and uh i actually upgraded from that bow to uh, another hoyt and uh, a little heavier poundage and stuff like that and i was actually let's see i was I think it was 15 or 16 years old when I first killed my first year with a bow. And, yeah. and uh, <clears throat> it was actually after football practice one day, and it was the opening day of bow season. I, was, I remember like it was yesterday. It was October 1st. And I just left football practice, didn't take a shower, did nothing but go home, put on camouflage, and go sit right behind my mom and dad's house on this little ridge. I'd put a little lean-to stand up. And uh was sitting there. Probably wasn't there enough. 45 minutes or so and i kind of hear something start walking down the ridge i look up i was like this is gonna be my dog walking down the ridge and then, <laughs> and then i'd walk down and and i screwed my hunt up and i looked over there and it's a, a bachelor group of bucks oh and i'm like oh my gosh like this is kind of cool like yeah. i've never seen this before in my life And of course i, I didn't think about checking the wind or nothing back then i, I probably smelled uh like crap because of the uh football practice and stuff but i didn't care i was going to sit behind the house and yeah these bucks started walking right down the hill and coming straight toward me. And, and as they get closer, I'm getting more and more excited, like, this is going to happen, like, <laughs> oh, my gosh, you know. And they get closer and closer and closer. And eventually they literally walk underneath my steps in my stand and, like, three yards and walk right past me. And there was three of them. The first one was the biggest one. The middle one was, like, a little four-point, and the last one was a seven-point. And I literally couldn't draw back because they were all five yards from me, walked past me and finally the last one got past me i drew back and i was in the heat of the moment i was so excited i don't even think i looked at my peeps i i just <laughs> it was literally like 15 yards and and kind of quartered away perfect and i put it on in my thought and i shot and it ran off and i texted my mom and dad i was like i was like you know come back and help me find this deer i just shot the buck and uh it literally ran like probably 30 or 40 yards and and it only ran that far because I shot it right in the throat <laughs> <laughs> and I cut its jugular. Because that's why I was like, I was like, I'd sure, I promised you I was not aiming right there, so I don't think I looked at the sight. Yeah. You know, so it was kind of, it was from then on though I was completely hooked, and uh from that moment on I was, that's all I wanted to do was shoot a deer with a bow.
0: Hey, Jordan. Are you tired of hunting in a ground blind and not being able to see what's going on? No, because I've
1: been hunting in a surround view.
0: See, how many times have you heard crunching in the leaves? You think it's a big buck, but it turns out to be a squirrel or something.
1: Possums, usually.
0: Or maybe a chupacabra. <laughs> or a wild hog. Yeah. Well, with Primo's surround view blind, you will not have that issue.
1: No doubt. You can turn around and see squirrels chewing on corn cobs, whatever you want to see behind you. You can see if your cousin Cletus is sneaking in on your spot. Let me tell you something else about your surround view that I prefer and why I love to use them. Let me hear it. You can take a dog with you. You can take your girlfriend with you. You can take your dad with you. It makes a lot of noise.
0: We're talking about sports utility vehicle type space in this thing.
1: Yeah, you can sit when it's mist and rain and don't get wet.
0: I think I even heard of somebody holding a whole family reunion inside of a surround view blind. No doubt. They're worth their weight in gold. So I think it would be smart if we told our listeners to head on over to primos.com and order themselves a surround view blind. What do you think? I got a song this far. Let's hear it.
1: Head on over at Primos get your surround view.
0: Wow, Jordan, you are truly the songbird of this
2: generation.
1: I still do that sometimes. not <laughs> look through the peak. Yeah,
2: yeah. I just get too excited. <laughs> like.
0: uh, yeah, I was like Oh yeah, I can uh I can remember times like if I've made a bad shot or something, I was—I mean, I've made bad shots since then. But I can remember my dad be like, "Where'd you shoot him at?" i be like, "I don't know." <laughs> In the brown part? <laughs> Where were you aiming? I don't know that either. I just kind of went with it. Yeah, just go. <laughs> it was on him. I pulled the trigger. Yeah, yeah I, I just kind of you know flung it and hoped it hit. <laughs> Sometimes it worked out. Most often not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Those are the good old days, you know. Like back then, you didn't like these days. I feel like I, I feel like I've learned too much like to the point of like back then you didn't worry about as much about like you're you spend as much time like how much how much time before elk season this year Jordan we spend like messing around with our eras at the bow range started in july like you start about and it i mean it makes you it makes you better essentially but like back then you're so so young like you didn't have a concept of all the things that could go wrong i don't know so you just kind of went with it you no.
1: know <laughs> yeah we started paper tuning bows and stuff in june just trying to get everything perfect
0: i remember the first time someone like told me what a paper tune was. like someone said paper i was like what are you talking oh, about yeah. like it shoot you know it hits the target i'm good yeah. but <laughs> it doesn't matter if it's going sideways or not <laughs> man so like tell me this like like i can from talking to you a little bit we have and then i've had uh mutual friend Kevin Smith on here before like I know the the schedule of a major league baseball player is pretty hectic would that be safe to say absolutely (laughs) so like like how like how how much time do you get like how much hunting do you not get to do now because like how much has it has it cut out because of
2: the baseball schedule I mean obviously uh, since, uh, since 2013 my junior year in college I have literally haven't stepped in the in the turkey woods you know that's that's a huge thing for me is I was a huge turkey hunter I love turkey hunting and uh being from uh you know down south of Jackson Mississippi we're huge turkey place down there And, and I had probably one of the best best turkey hunting places I've ever seen uh in my short life thus far uh that we used to hunt and you know it was nothing to go sit in there and hear 20 or 30 birds sound off at any given morning but uh, Had not been able to go turkey hunting, and yeah, <laughs> the, yeah. Well, well, since you can't
0: turkey, turkey hunt anymore, um, you know that. <laughs> hey, they're, they're,
2: they opened the fall season now. I don't know if yeah. you knew that. So yeah. that's, that's, <laughs> that's, that's somebody's that's,
0: got to that's, keep the population <laughs> down, on them. You got to keep the ratio. Correct. That's right. That's if you don't, right. yeah. <laughs> and uh,
2: but anyway, yeah, you know, I hadn't been able to turkey hunt in, uh, since 2013, so that's that's really kind of. A damper on me, but yeah, that would uh, break my heart. Yeah, but it, it so seems that baseball season happens in October around October 1st every year, so I don't miss too much deer hunting. But uh, I would love to obviously on one of my bucket list things is go elk hunting, so yeah, uh, hopefully yeah. one year after maybe retire or something, I'll be able to go do something in September out yeah. there out west. Well, but
1: you can find places to hunt, you know, first couple oh, yeah. weeks in October that's is. still ruddy,
2: it is, but it, it's it's I don't know new mexico it's always been a place i want to go and and do that kind of stuff so yeah
1: it's something special that's for sure i ain't no doubt
2: like uh what was it you you started some
0: story and i i kind of cut you off because i wanted you to save it when we were doing this you're telling us you were
2: you weren't you weren't in america i don't know if you're Uh, playing minor league ball (laughs) or 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 what so uh it was in uh, i guess it was in 2013 that was my right after i got drafted and uh Usually, uh, as soon as people get drafted, uh, they go to instructional league that winter. Um, So, what that is is you you go through your first little piece of minor league uh, baseball, and you get selected to go to the uh, fall league—not fall league, but uh, instructional league. And all they do, literally, all you do is go out there and practice baseball for the months of October and November, and it kind of—it's just basically practicing against. Each other, you're playing against some teams, um, and just kind of getting better at baseball, learning kind of the ins and outs of uh, minor league baseball, and, and getting getting ready to go to the major league career. But right, um, this so happened to have that year that we uh, our spring training facility was get under renovation, so our extent our that uh, whatever you want to call it, it was in Dominican Republic. Right. So in our complex in Dominican Dominican Republic, so. They happened to tell us that at the end of um I think it was August they told us like hey you're selected to go to the extended, uh uh to the Dominican Republic and you're going to go down there for a few <laughs> few weeks and uh and uh basically just get better. I was like okay, you know, that sounds great. And uh what I didn't know was that it's going to be for about 6 weeks worth. 6 weeks. Yeah. Just so, you're there. Just there. Yeah. And I didn't know. I knew nothing of you know Dominican Republic except the guys that I met, you know, from there. And obviously they're you know great people and and uh, loved them to death. So I was like, you know, I'm kind of for it. You know, let's go. And uh, but thing I didn't realize was <laughs> there's no TV. There's there's like no internet service. So you couldn't call your mom or dad. You couldn't call your 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 girlfriend. And <laughs> you're kind of just stuck there. And mm. uh, so we were literally just stuck in this complex from. Like, in October to the middle of November. Gracious. <laughs> and we had a beach that we could go to, and it was probably like a mile mile down the road that you had to walk to. Right. Because, like, literally these these places that you, they have in the Dominican Republic are, like, uh, compounds. They're literally, like, gated. So, like, you come in a huge gate that they have security officers there. Yeah. And they have, all the way around them are huge, like, fences, and it's like a, a compound. Like, it's a beautiful place. Like, it's like a resort. But um, and it's for baseball, and it has huge, beautiful fields, complex, and facilities, and anyway, so you walk a mile down the road, and like it's like through, it's like in the middle of a jungle too, by the way, like <laughs> like I'm I'm not kidding, you. I'll show you pictures later, but <laughs> it's literally this beautiful compound in the middle of a jungle, right, on top of a cliff. Yeah, and, like, you walk down the road, it's kind of down this cliff, and you come to this beautiful beach. There's a little like cabanas and and places that. You know, had fried chicken, the pollo, pollo, yeah, yeah and uh, it's called pollo loco, yeah. And uh, they had fried plantains. It was it was incredible, yeah. And uh, but literally, so we that's the only fun like we had is like you walk to the beach and sit on the beach for about two hours, and you had to walk all the way back up to the hill. And don't mention it's ninety eight degrees with a hundred percent humidity, yeah, that close to the equator, mm-hmm. and. It was just, it was a culture shock for me, and of course, I'm the whole time I'm sitting there thinking like, I need to be in the woods. Yeah, <laughs> like it's time for me to go hunting, and I'm sitting here with no TV. I can't watch any kind of hunting shows, and and uh, the one thing I did have, I brought a bunch of DVDs, hunting DVDs for like Prima much yeah, y'all, obviously, and and uh, maybe like Jury and stuff like that, and uh, that kind of got me through thing and, uh, but it was you uh, know these huge tarantulas around and holy of course, and of course i'm being outdoors and i am, i just walk around and i saw a, a, a giant spider a tarantula i'd go up there and mess with it, pick it with picking up the stick and all their uh security guards and the guys like put it
0: down put it down put it down. and like
2: whipping out their pistol about to shoot this spider i'm like oh, it's all the, right, down, the spider's okay yeah, it's not gonna kill you okay <laughs> and uh but it was a it was a very eye-opening experience and and uh another funny thing about it is like when we got there you had two people to a room and you had like a suite mate so you shared a bathroom and you had an on switch you had an on switch for lights and an on switch for air conditioner right and we got there you had on your bed you lay had a pillow you had a a, a sheet and you had a a towel and that was it yeah <laughs> and and what we didn't realize is like as this is going on like you know the air conditioning is going and running this perfect 98 degrees and and uh, night rolls around and we're sitting there freezing to death because <laughs> we had nothing but a sheet, yeah. <laughs> and so we go there and flip the air conditioner off, and but we didn't realize is when we flipped the air conditioner off, it flipped our our other guys' air conditioner off too. So it controlled both rooms, and he had that same switch. So if he got hot, he would switch it back on. See, uh- <laughs> so we're sitting there playing, you know, roulette with the the air conditioner. And freezing to death. So, like, two days later after that, I'm like, you know what? I'm going on a mission because, like, you get down to baseball at, like, 12 o'clock and the rest of the time you're just sitting in the complex with no internet or nothing to do. Yeah. <laughs> and so and so uh, after that we go and, and uh, I go on a mission to find covers. Like, I know yeah. there's covers here. I'm going to go find them. Right. And so, and I, of course, you couldn't really communicate with the uh, the housing staff there because we had a person come in there and clean your room once a day and come back. And so I go on a mission to find these covers and I had my little, (laughs) I had a little knife with me and, and, and I, I was walking around, I found a door that was locked. So I'm like, no one was behind this door. (laughs) So I got my knife and I wiggled it in there and, and, and got it, got it unlocked, and I open it up, and there's a certain mountain of covers. <laughs> so I'm like, yes, yeah, I'm found, yeah. I found the covers. So yeah. I went out and just distributed all the covers to all the American guys, and finally we get some nice sleep and stuff like that. And and uh but another thing was like, there's no like hot water. It's just like you either catch it when it's in the morning we you try to take a shower, it's freezing cold. Yeah. Or if it's been sitting in the sun all day, it's scalding hot. Yeah. So it's a big it's a big tank that sits on top of the roof. It's yeah. Black. Yeah. So that's how they get their hot water.
0: I could. We went to a uh, I had like a mission trip. I had to go on to the Dominican. Yeah. And it, I remember that because yeah. everyone like tried to get in the shower. and They like cut it on. It's just like arctic cold. Yes.
2: It was terrible. It was terrible. Yeah. And so it's either you got either either you got there early or. During the middle of the day, after our baseball practice, you got there early and you got scalding hot water, or if you got there late after everybody else took a shower, you got freezing cold. Yeah. And it's kind of funny, you know. Obviously, we're talking about people taking showers here, but it's kind of funny, like even now, like in the big leagues, you see all these Dominican guys. They go in there and take showers. They take cold showers. They're just used to They're it. They're used to it. Yeah. And I'm like, I was like, how are you taking such a cold shower? Like, he goes, it's not cold. It's not cold. You know, it's it's, it's warm. I was like, no, that's that's cold. <laughs> ain't nothing, ain't nothing warm about that. It's <laughs> yeah, freezing cold, bro. Yeah. And uh, but it. It was a it was an experience that I'll never forget. Obviously, we went out and and uh, helped a bunch of uh, bunch of local yeah, little tribe. I guess they called tribes, but I don't know. They're little local communities. Right. And we went out and did some uh, work with them in the schools and stuff. And it was it was interesting to see because like we went to these little schools and and just to see how uh, their lifestyles are in school, and you kind of see how why they are like they are. Like they're really loud, like loud people. Like they're they're very. Uh, uh, I'm when I say obnoxious, but they're very loud yeah and and you when you go to the schools and you realize how'cause there's like there's literally probably a hundred kids in a little bitty schoolhouse that are, is divided by a little bitty thin wall, and just you have to be loud to basically get your word across uh, <laughs> and, yeah. and like you see why they do that, and uh you have a realization of kind of what's going on, yeah, and obviously you look up in top of the roof, there's little trash like sitting on top of the rafter and you're like. <laughs> Get me out of here! <laughs> yeah. But it, it was a very, a very good experience, and I'll never trade it for the world. But I did miss a lot of hunting. Yeah,
0: it sounds like a lot. Like so, you got we've got uh no internet, no TV.
1: Just got uh, some hunting DVDs and make it through hunters yeah.
0: wrangling tarantulas, breaking into locked doors. Yes, I don't, I don't think you would make a very good travel agent for the Dominican. Absolutely not. If you- <laughs> <laughs> but
2: you know, I know some people that would get me onto that. They call it. Uh, what do they call it? It's it's the the beaches that all the the uh, tourists go to. They call it like Gringo La Playa or, or yeah. Block La Playa, which right. is like White People Beach. Yeah, and, they, <laughs> and, and, and White and, People and, Beach. Yeah. So that's they're like we got we got people that know the the White People Beach over there. So like, we go over there if we want to. But
0: yeah, makes sense. So like like how like so someone who likes hunting as much as you do that kind of has to keep it contained to these short off season months like you do. Like, what do you, like, during this, obviously, do you just, like, like, when you start scheduling trips, do you, like, like, all right, I'm hunting here, here, and here, or do you just kind of, like, go home and, like, spend most of your time in, around here in Mississippi hunting?
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, obviously, I try to go on a trip, usually one trip at least a year, and uh I usually go up to Illinois and do some hunting in Illinois uh, around the middle of October, 1st of November, Yeah. and, um, but, uh, for the most part, you know, I think we're going on a trip to Wisconsin, uh, up in Wisconsin with a few guys, and and I think we're going to start doing a little bit more, uh, like, group hunting as far as, like, with a team stuff. Yeah. You know, we had a few guys that do a little hunting uh, with the Padres, and, and I think we're going to start getting together a little bit more in, in the off-season and hunt together because we got a guy from Canada. we got a guy from uh, North Dakota, uh, Texas. So we got a little bit of everywhere we can possibly go hunt together yeah. and stuff like that. So it's pretty cool. But, um, you know, like as far as, like, just getting together, I, most of the time I just stay around the Mississippi area. Yeah. And, uh, we had have, we have a good bit of land uh, north uh, – probably let's see, west of uh, Jackson area and we, we hunt a lot out there and uh I really enjoy it. I mean I think I think I enjoy getting ready to hunt more than I do actually hunting I know for the mean. most part. I know what you mean. Getting on the tractor and kinda of getting the food plots ready and stuff like that. That's uh by but,
1: far my favorite time. Of year. I know.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah. That's what we were doing all before elk season was tractor time, tractor time, tractor time and then elk season now deer season is here and we're starting next what day's today? Thursday. Start next Monday. Mm-hmm. Have to be that time.
1: Hopefully, I can go one, once, or twice this weekend too.
0: Oh, are you? I'd like to slipping away. <laughs> yeah, so let's get good. I'm gonna keep asking hundred subtle questions until he gives away the spot of that spot where he was hearing <laughs> thirty turkeys in the morning.
1: Yeah, you need to get off his mic. We don't need it public knowledge.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. Well, yeah, we can trade, man. We can figure out something. <laughs> <laughs> Is there ever like uh like I've been in like. California I've been in California like one time on a connecting flight. Uh-huh. Like is there any like hunting type opportunities
2: there or or no? Uh well, yeah. Uh so I didn't realize it was as much as obviously I guess it was 2015 or 16, I started looking into, like, where to turkey hunt, possibly turkey hunt near San Diego. And, yeah. And there's really not an area in San Diego to turkey hunt and stuff like that. Uh, but up north towards, like, San Francisco and stuff, we actually went to uh, a, some vineyards up there, wine country. uh during a little, uh, just a little break, we had a uh, mm. day off, and we went there and had a little day off, and we were riding through the wine country and, yeah. and vineyards and stuff like that, and and uh, and I happened to look out in the field, and I look out there, and there's these huge, like black bucks. Uh, tailed deer and they're freaking monsters. Yeah, I'm like, oh my god, like, I did not expect to see this. By I mean, we're riding through literally vineyards and pastures and stuff, and yeah. up the side of the mountain. I look up there, I'm like, oh my god. Yeah, like, it looked like a looked like mule deer, but it was you know blacktail. Blacktails, yeah. And uh, they were huge, and I was like, oh my god, like I might need to schedule a trip up here sometime <laughs> or another. You know, <laughs> and uh, we actually went and uh, saw some vineyard guys, and we were talking to them, and I saw I happened to see a turkey feather on the ground, and I was asking him about hey. the turkeys. <laughs> yeah, I was asking asked him about turkeys, and he's of course uh you know people in california are a little bit iffy about killing animals and stuff like that so i asked him about like hey you know what about turkeys you know here he goes oh we got hundreds of them i'm like yeah. really He's like, <laughs> And he and like yeah we got a bunch of turkeys and they come around and uh and they roost right here above the tree of the house i was like okay anything else and uh <laughs> you know turkeys was, eat a lot of grapes <laughs> yeah i was like i was like so do y'all like people have her hunting. he goes oh no we don't we don't kill them we don't kill them i like, oh Dang. well i'm done talking to you yeah <laughs> i was like well that's that ends that conversation yeah
0: that's a bump. well see i know um my g ge- i have no knowledge
2: of california geography how far are you like how far are you from like sacramento a long way okay see uh sacramento is right there by san fran and uh so probably from san diego to san francisco i may mess this up but it's it's literally probably a two and a half hour flight nah Two hour flight. Yeah. So it's probably six hours, six, seven hours. Drive yeah. Maybe. Cause
0: I know, um, was it Chad Mendez and Jeremiah Dowdy are both from around there and they, they make, they make hay during turkey season. Oh, yeah. I don't And it must be different down there. I don't know. Yeah. But, I,
2: and that's and that's kind of where the vineyard stuff is too near there. So, um, uh, I can definitely see there being a ton of turkeys there. Yeah.
0: I mean, like, I've seen videos of like, and it's like, it's, it's kind of like what you were talking about. Yeah. Like, it's just ridiculous. Yeah. Um, this has been years ago primos made a trip out there well before I worked here they were hunting in some kind of it's like a some kind of trees there's like a tree or like a apple
2: orchard or maybe
0: maybe uh something I don't know but apples, like I remember I remember watching too. the videos and it it didn't it didn't look didn't look like anything we see around here cuz yeah. you know it looked like a you know uh Kinda of like pecan trees in rows or something like that, mm-hmm. and there's just like like these wads of turkeys strutting and gobbling through there. It's like it's crazy looking, but oh yeah, way different from what we got here. So, like uh we talked about deer. What have we not talked about? Ducks. <laughs> Ducks. Did you like? Oh, you probably get to duck hunt some, oh, huh? Yeah, yeah that, that probably you get all of that, right? Mm-hmm. And what is well, you know. I told you, you don't want to talk much about when you have to go back, I'm sure, but, <laughs> <laughs> the, the, like, so you get, do you get the, du- what are you looking at me like that for? I'm just listening. Oh. So, uh. Taking it in.
2: Like, how, like, do you get, like, you probably get all the duck hunting in you want, huh? Yeah, we leave, we usually leave around the middle to first start of February, so we'll leave around Valentine's Day of February, so we usually uh, get every piece of hunting in possible as far as, you know, duck yeah. hunting, deer hunting, that kind of deal.
0: Yeah. That makes sense. I was talking to Kevin Smith. He was telling me, like, uh, and you, I can kind of bounce this off of you or not. He, he said during the season, he, said he he has to think about baseball so much that he, like, uh, I don't know who he was talking to, but he said, like, he's told, like, hunting was, like, his outlet for him. Oh, no doubt. So he was, like, because he said they were told, like, don't focus on it, That like, find something else to talk about. So he was, like, dude, when you're out there, when you're out there during September elk hunting, like, if you don't mind, like send me some pictures. Yeah, so I was like, dude, no
2: problem. I'll blow Absolutely. you because he said he's just something to take his mind off of it. Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt. I mean, that's that's the thing. Like, once you you're you're engaged so often in, in something like that, and in, in, in baseball in particular, because uh, like I remember them saying my first two years about being in the minor league and stuff, and, and and um and coming back into spring training, and we have these group discussions, like as far as like the minor leaguers, and you have your – these people come in and talk to you and stuff, and uh, psychiatrists and all this kind of stuff is big business, obviously. Yeah, but right. um, you know, and they come there and talk to you, then, and they're like, if you're not absolutely mentally and physically exhausted after the season, then you did not do enough. What? Yeah, and and I, I didn't I didn't understand it. After my first two years, could be in the minor leagues and and uh, and going through them, I was like, yeah, I'm I'm not, I'm not, I'm physically exhausted. Yes, but my mentally exhausted is not there. Yeah. And so after that, like I got into maybe 2015, and I started struggle. I had a little struggle that year in the beginning of the season, and and I just worked I remember constantly, I remember working and trying to get better and better and better. And at the end of that year, I kind of got, <clears throat> I got back and I went to AAA that year and and did really well at the end of the season and got home. And sat down and finally got finally, – when I finally got home, I sat down. I was like, you know what? I'm mentally exhausted. Like, yeah. I put everything into the season I possibly could. And and even after that, like, I remember getting caught up in 2016 and, and uh, we won the AAA championship that year. And then we went on to the big leagues and did really well and got home. And I, and, and you wouldn't think that after – I mean, this – we usually get done in, in the minor leagues in September – like September, fifteen or sixteen, something like that. Right. And and, uh, and then we get done. No, 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 no. First of September, we get done in first of September, and then obviously the big leagues get done uh, October one, somewhere around October one. Right. And uh, after I got home after the twenty sixteen season, I sat down. I'm like, I am just gassed. Yeah. And it, it wasn't. It wasn't. But maybe twenty or so extra games from a regular season. But like I was. Just physically gassed, like yeah. done. And I remember like going into the next season, till I was seventeen. I was, I remember going into that work uh, in December and January and, and into my work and workouts and stuff like that. I remember just working that much more harder, trying to get uh, into better shape because I knew that playing one sixty two was real. Yeah, like, that is real. Like we play one one thirty, one forty in minor leagues, and you play one sixty two in big leagues and people don't realize especially guys coming up through the minor league and stuff how much more of a toll 162 is on your body and mentally cuz you're in 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 the big leagues it's so overwhelming cuz you're you're on a such of a magnified you know place that everybody's watching you you're on yeah. ESPN you're right. on Fox Sports and everything you do is magnified so intensely especially when you're playing big teams like you know the Dodgers or the New York Yankees or Boston, and and everybody's sitting there watching you, and and, and you have to perform. Yeah. Like, and, and like I was telling everybody, I tell everybody that you're just a chess piece. Yeah. And on this big chess board, and they move you however you want to. Right. So like the, the front office, if you don't, they don't like the matchup, they don't play you here, or if they like the matchup, you play six in a row, you don't know, and uh, it just it's 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 a thing where. <clears throat> uh let's see how i'm gonna put it (laughs) it's 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 big business yeah it it, it is it's a magnified service where everything is so blown out of proportion and just (laughs) intensified that you you can't even imagine that because of the amount of work you have to put in to be the best you possibly can like i don't know i know he and uh one of the guys that we got was, uh, you know, Richards, and I know Mike Trout does a ton of hunting and stuff like that, yeah, and yeah. and the amount of work he puts in, I'm, I'm sure, is is just astronomical. I can't even imagine because being him, because me being on a small market team like San Diego Padres, and then being somebody being like Mike Trout who just got like a four hundred million dollar contract, right? The yeah. perform <laughs> the performance they expect out of him is is so amplified and and, and magnified that it's 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 mentally like just like people go into depressions. Yeah. Well,
0: because you, I can't imagine how much yeah.
2: pressure you put on yourself. Yeah, like it's like I mean, I, I'm sure Kevin talked about it a little, a little bit, but yeah. like this the people, I've seen people literally go like insane. Yeah. over trying to hit something as minor as a baseball. Yeah. Like people have gone into slumps for like years. Yeah. And people that don't come out of them get out of baseball.
0: Yeah, well it's it's interesting like cuz I've had it's been it's been a privilege. I've I've been able to have people on this podcast from all different like walks of life, right? Yes. But you have like you know, sound like a career like yours. Yeah. Like you got into that because you know you I you know, I think you, you love the game of baseball. That was something you wanted to do, right? Well, then you had you know like Kevin was in a very similar boat. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a guy named Corey Cunningham. He plays for the New England Patriots now. Um, I had, uh, and then you have guys like uh, Gary and Charlie from Muscadine Bloodline. You mm-hmm. know, all of them are kind of like careers where you're chasing something that's a passion of yours. Absolutely. And they, they, there's like a similar thread that you find in there, where even though it's something that you love, you're trying to make a living doing Absolutely. it. Absolutely. And your job, p- and you're put on a spectacle, mm-hmm. and you're, you have a lot of eyes watch you, so you end up getting all this pressure on you. Yeah. Like I remember Kevin telling me like, like they, that someone uh, on their team passed away. Yep. And they would like, tell the, like, yeah, terrible, obviously. But they said, like, some of the guys that got messages from fans, like, oh, the wrong the wrong angel died. And yeah. I'm like, dude, what?
2: Like, they would, like, say, like, it's like they almost forget that you're a human, yeah. you know? I mean, we had to, me and my wife had to meet with the FBI this year. Uh, I mean, obviously, a people had to meet with them, too. But we had to meet with the FBI because the guy, like, you know, Instagram messaged us, like, uh, I'm going to cut your throat and rip your guts out and, like, and hope Sheesh. your family dies and all this stuff. It's Brutal, man. It's like it's like, what, Holy what, are, yeah. like, why do you, why, who, what, what makes you think about writing that yeah. to somebody? Like, yeah. it's it's just insane. And and the guy was from, I think he was from Tampa, and he had sent that to quite a few guys, and and uh they're gonna obviously prosecute him. So, yeah, but, but like it's it's like a thing. Like, dude, like, come on, man. Like, this is baseball. Yeah. Like, it's it's minor thing, but obviously it's a huge deal to like a lot of people that you know do a lot of betting and stuff like that. But like it's it's brutal like you're put such on like you're put you're like <laughs> you're supposed to be perfect you know obviously yeah you're supposed to be perfect you're supposed to get hit every time and you're supposed to strike out everybody time. but it doesn't work that way yeah. and uh but it's a it's a deal where um obviously god gave us these abilities and you know it's just the thing where uh we have to we have to actually go out there and work for it and like i was saying earlier about the the mentally and physically exhausted part like it that's what takes the mentally out of it and i didn't realize that at the time when i was you know obviously 20 21 years old and uh and now going into my fourth season and to the big leagues and like i understand like the the mental part of it now yeah like like after all this all the stress put on you all the eyes watching you and all the uh, work you put in the cage and, and on the field and and uh and you wake up and every morning you're like after after the season obviously and you wake up every morning you're like you wake up and you stretch your arm down your arms pop and your elbows pop <sighs> and your and your you got a headache and you're like I feel good to be home, but my gosh, I'm ready to just sit here and do nothing. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm saying. I bet I bet sitting in a tree stand to go hunting takes yes. on a whole new meaning. I bet you just get there and you're like <sighs> Yeah, you just take a deep breath and you sit there and you, there's no sounds, there's no fans screaming in your ear, there's no cars, you know, honking by and and it's just you're just sitting there in, in God's creation and you're like you can take a deep breath and you can sit there and look at your phone and, and uh and just think back on on good thing instead of all the bad stuff that keeps harping your ear in baseball season so uh it's obviously a deep breath a deep sigh of relief and just sitting there and relaxing and there's nothing more that i you know i like to do yeah well i
0: couldn't think of a better note to end it on than that yeah and uh yeah we've been going for close to 40 minutes now so yeah man um i appreciate the conversation appreciate the time um i enjoy the conversation hopefully all of our our listeners will um guys you can follow hunter on instagram yep. um and then uh always if you have any questions feel free to send it into our facebook or instagram page and that's gonna be all for us today thank you for listening to the speak the language podcast